Good morning, beautiful people. <laughs> okay, so my name is Sydney, and I'm a student leader here at Destiny. Um, the topic we're going to be um, all discussing today is from death to life. So that leads me to my sermon. Um, if you're taking notes, the title is Life in Surrender. Um, we will be in Mark 2, 1 through 5. So it says, um, when Jesus entered Capernaum after, again after some days, it was reported that he was at home. So many people gathered together that there was no more room, not even in the doorway. And he was speaking the message to them. Then they came to him bringing a paralytic carried by four men. Since they were not able to bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof above where he was. And when they had broken through, they lowered the mat on which the paralytic was lying. Seeing their faith, Jesus told the paralytic, Son, your, your sins are forgiven. And a little farther down, Jesus says, I tell you, get up, pick up your mat, and go home. And immediately the man got up, picked up his mat, and went out in front of everyone. As a result, they were all astounded and gave glory to God, saying, this is, saying we have never seen anything like this. So my first question I want to ask you guys is, how far are you willing to go to meet Jesus? Because the paralytic man, he couldn't, he couldn't move. He was with his friends. His friends were carrying him on a mat. And once, I have a very vivid imagination, um, so I picture these men carrying their friend on this mat, and once they get to the doorway, they see that everyone is packed in like sardines and nobody can breathe, and they're all just listening to Jesus. But the men could have stood outside and been like, you know what, we can't get in. Maybe I'll just meet Jesus later. But instead, I don't know who came up with this crazy idea, but instead they thought, no, we're determined to meet Jesus today. We're determined to get a touch from God. Yeah. So not only how far are you willing to go, but how far are your friends willing to go to help you meet Jesus? I know we all have this friend, but I'm sure they were standing outside, and one of them was like, hmm, we can't go in. What if we go up? They're all like, what? <laughs> what? And so I'm sure it was no easy task, but they got the man up on top of the roof. Not only that, but they were destroying property at this point because they cut a hole in the roof. And I don't know about y'all, but I would be scared to be lowered down in front of all of those people. Number one, what if they drop me? Number two, what are they going to think? There were so many people in that room that they couldn't even get in. Not only could they not get in, he's now being lowered down in front of them. So the man had to surrender his pride. To meet Jesus, he had to be like, you know what, what does it matter what these people think? I would rather get a touch from God. I would rather meet Jesus and lay at the feet of Jesus and give it all to him than care what these people think. Yeah. The paralyzed man was so broken at the feet of Jesus. He couldn't even move. But Jesus doesn't desire perfection from us. And I feel like that's a lot of times where that's the misconception of Christianity is that we have to put on a mask to meet Jesus. And it's not because we're afraid Jesus has COVID. <laughs> we put on a mask because we think we have to be perfect to meet Jesus. And we don't. 
Jesus wants our brokenness, and I've learned that so much throughout this, just January to October, and I'm sure it's not going to end anytime soon, but there's been so many times this year that I've just been so exhausted. I've been tired of being tired. I've been overwhelmed and stressed and just all the things, and it's in those moments that I'm so broken, and I feel like I just can't take any more, and I feel like I'm just beaten on the ground. That's when, I'm, that's when I meet Jesus. That's whenever I get to know his heart a little bit deeper because I rely on him. And I'm like, Jesus, I surrender my pride. I can't do it on my own. True strength is admitting your weakness. I found life in letting go and letting God. As a person, as a human, I have boundaries and I have limits. I can only take so much. I can only take so much homework. I can only take so much of this. But God doesn't have limits. And the beautiful thing is, is that we serve an unstoppable God. He doesn't have limits. He doesn't have boundaries. So when I begin to rely on him, I don't have to rely on myself anymore, and that's where I find strength. Let go of your limits and let God take you to new places. Because I remember in elementary school, and even the first time Chris asked me to speak, and I mean five minutes ago, I didn't think I could do it. I didn't think I could get up on a stage and speak to people. Those were my limits. But believing in God, he pushes me past my limits. Joshua 1.9 says, Haven't I commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The paralyzed man's faith was his surrender. Um, he laid it at the feet of Jesus, but he also left it there. And how many times do we give it to God and we're like, okay, you can have it, here it is. And they're like, mm, I'm going to worry about it, never mind. I don't think you can handle it. One of the most frustrating things was whenever I had my permit to drive, because by law, you have to have um, an adult driver over 21 with a license sitting next to you in the passenger seat. And I felt like they trusted me enough to get behind the wheel, but they wanted to sit there and be a backseat driver. Hey, you're... You didn't leave your blinker on long enough. Shut your mouth. <laughs> Sorry, that's a little bit attitude. God's still working on me. <laughs> um, but anyways, I was so annoyed by the backseat driver. How many times do we do that to Jesus? Jesus, take the wheel. Wait, but you took the wrong turn. We're not going that way. That wasn't my plan. Where are you going? Let Jesus take the wheel and shut your mouth. <laughs> Um, Pastor Craig Groeschel, Groeschel, I really hope I'm saying that right, um, he had a quote that said, you don't always have the power to control, but you always have the power to surrender. And God can do more with your surrender than he can your control. Now, the paralyzed man was dead weight. Like, whenever his friends were pulling him up on top of the roof, 
I'm sure it was no easy task because he was dead weight. He couldn't move. We may not be dead weight, but we're carrying it around. Your worries, your fears, your stress, feeling overwhelmed. It's exhausting. I have been so tired this year. I've been tired of being tired. And it's because I'm carrying all these things around me and I'm carrying burdens that I was never meant to carry. And Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus will relieve us of those burdens, those unnecessary burdens that we were never meant to carry in the first place. And that's where we find rest. And I don't know about y'all, but after I take a nap, I feel like a brand new woman. <laughs> so just let go. Whatever it is, whatever you're holding on to, just let it go. Because I have felt like there's just been a 50-pound weight on my chest this entire year. But once I give it to Jesus and I actually let it go and I don't take it back, I feel so much lighter. I feel alive. So I was in zoology class um, the other day, and we were talking about jellyfish. And if you've ever seen a baby jellyfish, they're the cutest little things. Look them up. They're cute. They're cute. Um, but there is a specific species of jellyfish, and it's called an immortal jellyfish. And basically what happens is whenever this certain species of jellyfish, it can feel itself, its cells dying, which is kind of weird. But... Um, once it feels its cells dying, that it's nearing the end of its life, it releases its tentacles, and those tentacles fall to the ground, and once they hit the ground, they birth new jellyfish. Y'all, new life begins when you release what is killing you. When you release what's weighing you down, that's when new life begins. When you let it drop to the feet of Jesus, and you leave it there, that's when new life begins. And there's this song by Hillsong, it's called Touch the Sky. 10 out of 10 recommend, you need to go listen to it. But basically it's just a song about surrendering. And there's a line in there that says, I found my life when I laid it down. I touched the sky when my knees hit the ground. When I surrendered, that's when I went past my limits. So if you get anything out of this message today, please let it be that you just need to let go and let God. So I'm going to pray for you guys really quick, if that's all right. Oops. Lord, thank you for letting us all gather here today. God, I just pray over every single person's heart in here. God, I pray that they would just surrender it all to you. I can feel the heaviness, God, because I felt it myself. Whatever it is that keeps you up at night, whatever it is that you just constantly can't stop thinking about and it just overwhelms your mind, God, I just pray that they would give it to you. Thank you for just letting us be here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> If we haven't had the pleasure of meeting, I'm Kaya. I'm a student leader here, and I've been here for a very long time. But I'm really excited 
to share with what God has given to me, but I'm really, I'm really, really excited to see what God is doing in the kingdom today, amen? So as Sydney said, we were given a topic, and the topic that I was given is Alive in Christ. And if you're taking notes, my title is, open parentheses, still, close parentheses, Alive in Christ. So still Alive in Christ. And I will be speaking from Job, Job 1.8. If you haven't heard the story of Job, it's a great story, recommend it. Um, but Job 1.8 says, Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? No one else on this earth is like him, a man of perfect integrity who fears God and turns away from evil. Satan answered the Lord, does Job fear God for nothing? Haven't you placed a hedge around him, his household, and everything he owns? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions, have increased in the land. But stretch out your hand and strike everything he owns, and he will surely curse you and die. Very well, said the Lord. <laughs> and I, that's where my first point comes in today. God said, okay. Take Job, you know, he's great, but test him and see what happens. And I just feel like that's, God's like, to Satan, Satan's like, okay, I'm going to take this person, and God's like, okay, test him and see what happens. You need to be the person that God says, test them and see what happens. Stop being afraid of what, of what might come, because you know, God's got this in the next part of the verse. It says, uh, everything was taken from Job, but... Then Job stood up and tore his robe and shaved his head. He fell to the ground and worshiped, saying, Naked I come from my mother's womb, and naked I will leave this life. The Lord gives and takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job had everything, and he prayed. Job had nothing, and he prayed. He still thinks God. He went to God broken. He went to God naked. How will you go to God when you have everything? Will you, when you're living your best life, when you've got all this money and you've got everything, everything's just going great. Will you still praise God? Because you need God on the good and the bad days. The next verse that I have is Job 1, um, 2, 20. And it says, his wife said to him, are you still holding on to your integrity? Curse your God and die. And this is where, this is like my main point, I guess you could say. Um, but when I, I go to school destiny and it's a Christian, I go here, and it's a Christian school, and you would think going to a Christian school would be really easy, and everybody's on fire for Jesus, but that's not always the case, and sometimes people, people hurt people, and you still got to keep going, but last year was one of my toughest years. Um, I was a sophomore, and I had very, very little friends, and Nobody understood why I still went to school here. But at the very beginning of that year, I felt like, I felt like God said, Kaya, you're not done yet. Keep going. I said, okay, God. The first semester happened. It was pretty rough. But then the second semester happened. It was worse than the first semester. And I personally didn't understand. I was like, God, why, why me? Like, why, why do I have to continue to do something that I don't really want to do? That, that sucks. It isn't easy. But Job, as I said, he had nothing and he still prayed. He was still obedient to the Lord, even though he lost everything. He still worshiped God because God died on that cross because he is good enough. Because Job is good enough. Because I am good enough for me to be obedient. And that may not always be easy, but I told my mom, I said, Mom, I have to do this. This is something that... Like God has asked me to do, and I want to be nothing but obedient to the Lord, even though I may have 
no friends. I may sit at lunch by myself. God, here's my hands. Use them. God, here I am with open arms. I'm ready. <laughs> it's not easy to say that. Trust me, it's not at all. It's not. But it's worth it. But I also want to go back to the part where, um, where Job came to him, came to God and worshiped him saying, came to him naked. When I got baptized last year, I got baptized January 18th, 2019. And that was a really big decision. And I wasn't planning on getting baptized. It wasn't like we didn't go to the meeting before or anything like that. I came in ready to have this fun worship night, ready to worship Jesus. I came in my brand new leggings. My hair was straight. I had makeup on. I looked great. But I'm standing right here over here, and one of my, my closest friends, his name is Daniel, he got baptized right, right before I did. And it went, as soon as he went under the water, I felt like the Lord said, it's your turn. And I was like, God, listen, I got these new leans on, my hair is straight. I don't really want to do that. Water's probably gross. You know, making up all these excuses. But God said, come to me as you are. <laughs> you don't have to be perfect for God. He's waiting for you to come to him. He's re ready for you to reach out and say, Lord, save me. Here I am. It's not easy, but as soon as I walked over there, I walked over there with Kyla. I walked over there, and I looked at Pastor, and I said, okay, I'm going to get baptized. <laughs> he was like, are you sure? I was like, yeah, I'm sure. And so I get in the water, and the water was really gross. It had grass like all in it. It was really nasty. And I was like, I don't know if I want to sit in this water. And I have my dad on this side, and I have Crystal on this side and Pastor on this side. And it, it took me about five minutes to sit in the water, probably not that long, but it felt like five minutes. But it took me a long time to sit down. Because I, I was letting go of something that I was holding on to for a very long time. But when I come up from the water, when I, when I go back and I come up from the water, I didn't, it didn't, I didn't worry about my leggings. I didn't worry about the nasty water because I was, I was alive in Christ in that moment. <laughs> I'm going to pray. Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity. God, we thank you for what you are doing today. God, this is your day. I ask that your presence just stays here and it stays thick. I ask that you continue to move, you continue to heal, you continue to restore today. Father, I ask that over these next, these next few hours that they're, they're in your hands, that all stress, all anxiety about anything is, it just flees, that all fear flees today, that we come to you as we are, broken, available, broken but available. We come to you, Father, and it's in your mighty name I pray, amen. Can we just, okay, first of all, I know I sound like death right now, but it's just allergies. Can I get a witness, Oklahoma? allergy season in the middle of a pandemic is the worst because everybody eyeballs you like you stay over there but um I just want to assure you I am fine I just don't sound like it uh, but can we give it up for our students like isn't God amazing I am so honored to be a part of what God is doing in the, in their lives and you know they're bringing their message and I'm sitting over there thinking stop preaching my message I'm gonna have nothing to say 
But that's because God is having a conversation with all of us today. And I am really excited to, to, to bring conclusion to that. Um, you know, our theme is Alive in Christ. And as I was praying, like, God, what do you want me to bring today? He just kept saying, get personal. This is personal. It's, it's quiet. Quiet your soul and just listen to me. And so the title of my message is To Find Life, Find the Quiet. And I, I just want to say, true life really begins for us, and we can really begin to be alive in Christ when we begin to develop our relationship with God in those quiet, unseen places. Because it's what we do every single day when we wake up. We make a choice. Am I going to live for Christ today, or am I just going to go about my day, do my own thing? We have to choose when we wake up. Am I going to go to that quiet, unseen place and be with my creator? Or am I just going to go about my day and make my own choices and, and just really try to control it? Because when we try to control our lives, I know it in my own life, when I try to control it, everything just spirals into chaos. His choices are always so much better than ours. And he wants to speak to us. He wants to lead us and guide us every day. You know, I thought I got a picture of a baby being formed in the womb. You know, it's dark and it's quiet. And this baby depends completely on the mother to get its nutrients, to grow and to, to develop. Are we depending on God to get our nutrients from him? Are we letting our spirits grow in him? Or are we just going about our day and letting Sunday and Wednesday be enough? Because we have to decide every day, I'm going to be in the word today. I'm going to dig in and I'm going to find out what God has for me. Uh, Matthew 6, 6 through 8 in the NIV says, But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. It's in our quiet place. We can learn to hear his voice. And, you know, they've been saying all morning long, God doesn't want our perfection. He doesn't want us to have it all together. And because if we had it all together, we wouldn't need him. And it's our dependency on God that helps us to grow. And it doesn't have to be a show. It doesn't have to be some big production. It can just be waking up and opening your eyes saying, good morning, Lord. I love you. I'm going to go have some coffee. And you know, God's like, yeah, go do it. I'm so excited to spend some time with you. And I love that about our creator. He craves our attention and he wants to be with us. And we don't have to make it into a big thing. He just wants to know our heart. And here's the thing. He knows what we need before we're even going to ask. So he's like, I know that you want to do this. Just ask me about it and I can show you how to get there. It's like with my kids, I fail my kids so often. I make so many parenting mistakes and I find myself about 10,000 times a day saying, God, what do I do here? I have no idea how to handle this situation. And you know what? He helps me out. Thank God for my kids. Otherwise, it's years of therapy for them. But, uh, you know, he wants, he wants us to invite him into all those places in our lives, the big, the small. With the doctor's reports, he wants us to come to him. With the, with the keys we can't find, he wants us to come to him. He just wants your attention. He wants your affection. And you have to be the one to say, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to dive in. Because, you know, the other day I had one of the worst days. This whole week has just been one steaming pile of just garbage. And 
I was so frustrated because I was like, God, I'm supposed to be speaking. I can't, I can't be dealing with all this stuff. But God's like, uh, you can because I can. He's big enough to handle your stuff. And he's big enough to get you through your stuff to the other side. And, you know, we have to learn to be dependent on him because there's no way we can get through this life without him. You know, God never said it would be easy. In John 16, in fact, he said, this life is gonna be hard. It's gonna bring you troubles, but be brave. You know, I've, I've overcome the world. I, I, I beat it. I conquered sin. I conquered death. I'm here for you. And when it gets tough, and when we're faced with difficult circumstances, you know, we're going to feel the fear and the worry. We're going to feel defeated because we're human. But we have to remember that we have and we serve a creator who is undefeated. He is the only one who has beat everything and overcome every situation and every circumstance. And just because it doesn't look like we think it should doesn't mean it's a loss. There are so many things in our lives that God is doing differently, and we may not understand it, we may not see it, but it's because he has something bigger and better for us. And when we truly surrender to that, we are alive in him. There's so many things that in, in my life right now that I've had to just be like, I don't understand this, God, but you do. And I'm gonna trust that you've got me. And I've fallen a lot along the way and had to be like, I'm sorry, God. But his forgiveness is there for us every second of the day. And he's there with open arms just waiting for us to come to him. And I'm so thankful for that. But it's when we really get into those quiet places and cultivate an atmosphere of, of dependence and reliance on God. When our, when our life becomes an atmosphere of worship to our creator, you know, the things that used to shake us, used to rattle us, aren't gonna shake us as much anymore. You know, I've had the honor of growing up in church my whole life, but just because I've walked with God most of my life doesn't mean I haven't screwed it up. But you know what? God never holds it against me. He never looks down and says, oh, here's what you did on Tuesday. This is the list of all the things you did wrong because you know what I prayed? I prayed, God, please forgive me. Help me to change my heart. Help me to do better. Help me to be better. Help me to seek your will in my life. And he's like, all right. And he takes it and he erases it. And he replaces it with who he says I am. And he's doing the same in your lives. You are not your mistakes. You are not your flaws. You are a being created to be dependent on God. And when we realize we can't do this without him, we can truly live. And I'm so thankful we don't have to have it all together. Because it puts all the pressure off. I can be like, well, I know I can't do it, but God can. And so, as the worship team begins to come back up, I just want to land on this last point. You know, once we get in that quiet place and get a rhythm and learn to depend on God, our lives begin to produce fruit. They begin to, people begin to see something different in us. You know, my neighbor has this amazing yard and it didn't always look like that. She's got these awesome bushes and plants, and it's beautiful, and it makes me want to do it, but I'm terrible at plants. <laughs> so I'm like, I'll let you have a pretty yard, and I'll put a succulent right here, because I only have to water it once a week. But I've noticed she's out there all the time, just working hard and making it look good and taking out the weeds and making sure her plants are watered. 
And what a picture of our spiritual life that is. You know, we have to put in the work. God wants to be with us. He wants to bless us. He wants to speak to us. But we have to be willing to listen. We have to be willing to put aside the time. Netflix can wait. I'm speaking to myself right now because there are days when the day is over, I just want to be like, okay, I'm done. I'm just going to turn on the TV and turn off my brain. But God wants more for me than that. He wants more for you. He wants to speak to you. And when we give him the time, he is going to do so much with your life that you never even thought possible. And so I just, I want to pray with you guys. Because what comes out of our lives is our, represent, our representation of Jesus on the earth. And are we representing him well? God, I just thank you so much that you are so good. I thank you that you are so kind and forgiving and loving. And I just pray that we would be alive in you. That we would really lay down our hearts for you and, and put you first in all things. That you would be the priority that our lives circle around that everything we do would reflect who you are on the earth, God. And I just pray that if there's anyone in here that is struggling, that you would just remind them of your incredible grace and love for them. We love you so much, Lord, and we just give you all the praise and glory because you are worth it. You are so good, and we love you so much. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen.